Hello, and welcome to the Wisdom Nuggets podcast. I'm Anita Pillai. I'm a certified financial planner and president of AP Investment Management. In this podcast, we'll be sharing stories and ideas of financial success from leaders and pioneers in various fields. Anita Pillai is a registered representative with and securities and advisory services are offered through registered investment advisor, LPL Financial, member of FINRA, SIPC. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only, and it is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual to determine recommendations for any individuals. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, please consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. Hello, and welcome again today. Today, our guest is Janelle Sood, who is the uh, founder of a nonprofit organization in Fremont. Her organization, uh, pardon me if I'm not saying it correctly, Huma uh, Foundation, right? It helps Native Hawaiians all over the uh, country with, uh, opportunities uh, with, uh, to uplift their lives. So welcome, Janelle. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Sure. So you are the founder of Ma Foundation. Can you please share with our audience what is it about and what inspired you to start this nonprofit? Sure. So Ho'omau Foundation is, we are focused on the success and development of Native Hawaiians and Pacific Islanders. Our mission is to provide scholarships, uh, mentorship and networking opportunities to Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islanders that are active in the, at, as a, a short acronym, NHPI community. So uh-huh. perpetuation of culture is very important. And they're attending a two or four year college in the US. So these students don't have to be from Hawaii. You can be Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander living in Ohio, Iowa, Arizona, and be qualified uh, for the scholarship. What does Humao mean? Ho'omau means persevere. Yeah. Yes. Makes sense. So again, what inspired you to start this nonprofit? It's, it's, it's a little bit of a long story because there's a long, a a long history with it. So I guess I'll kind of take it back to just get telling you a little bit more about myself. So I'm native Hawaiian. I grew up in California. Uh, College wasn't a topic discussed in my home. And I think that's very similar to a lot of um, NHPI uh, families, Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islanders. So I'll probably say NHPI a lot because otherwise it's a tongue twister. Um, My parents are amazing. They're hardworking individuals, um, but they didn't go to college. And the idea was you go to high school, you graduate, you get a job and you start adding, contributing to the community and to the house. And my parents are very hardworking individuals. They started a flower shop when I was a um, preteen, I think I was. And my mom worked for Long's Drugs and my dad went full speed ahead in the flower shop. And and so we had that as our, um, there's there's just an awesome opportunity there and a lot of great um, experience that I had from that. Um, but I knew growing up in my community, I felt different. I knew I looked different. I knew I had a different culture from my peers. I wasn't heading to college like a lot of my peers either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, re- I remember I was getting ready to graduate high school and I asked my mom, hey, how come you never talked to me about going to college? And just, I remember the look on her face. She was shocked. And she's like, you want to go to college? I didn't know you wanted to go to college. And that weekend she took me to a few of our junior colleges here in the Bay Area, Chabot, Las Casitas, and Ohlone. 
And I did decide to go and my parents fully supported me. It wasn't like it was taboo or you couldn't go to college. They just didn't think there was interest. And even when I, my road to college looked different too. It actually took me six years to complete my undergrad. I went, stopped, went, stopped. It was a whole start, start and go. But once I did complete it and I entered into the workforce, I'm in human resources. My background is in talent acquisition or recruiting, but I experienced the same thing that I experienced growing up. I didn't, I didn't look the same as other people. I looked different. I felt different. My, I had a different culture from my colleagues, superiors, clients, and I'm in high tech. So having that experience, plus I'm a female in a male dominated area in high tech, you know, it was I think all of those things kind of came together and I always knew I wanted to bring all of my worlds together where it all intersects my culture, my education, business, this profession I'm in, but I didn't know how to do that or what I would do or what it would look like. Okay. And quite honestly, I didn't know what I bring to the table. What value would I add? What voice would I have for native Hawaiian and Pacific Islanders? So I didn't know that I could do anything of scale or of importance. The light bulb really went off for me after my dad, Camry Lee Jr., unexpectedly passed away July 27th of 2018. Um, I think what a lot of people do when you have this sudden change in your life, you just, I personally did an inventory of my life. I took stock of what I was doing with my professional career, my personal time, how I was spending my dash on this earth. And the idea continued, just really started to evolve. And it was becoming clear to me that I wanted to create an organization where I could take my personal experience and kind of shape it, but really to encourage college, talk about college, demystify any of the expenses that I think we all feel that come with it, or it's out of reach for us. Mm. You know, we know the loan application is hard in our community. We don't want to give out information. It's private information. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of things that go into it. Um, and I knew I wanted to support perpetuation of our culture. I felt like that was very important for me mm-hmm. and, and kind of saying it's okay to get an education, to have a profession, to have a paid, a steady paycheck, to have, have great medical coverage while maintaining your cultural practices and way of life. We, I really wanted to bring those, bring all of that together. It took me a long time in, I mean, I'm saying all this pretty recently, when I, when I'm able to, you know, bring my true self to work. And so it's okay to have those differences where when I first was first starting out to me, I didn't think it was okay to have those differences. So all of that coming together, it was a long way to describe how we got here, but that's really how Ho'omau Foundation came to be. Oh, cool. That's a very, very nice background. Thank you for sharing all those details with us. I, you know, I know NHPI experience could be relatable to so many other cultures, right? Yes. I mean, every, so, I mean, there are a lot of us who come from different backgrounds who have similar experiences. So, you, you know, that helps not just in HPI, but so many others who can relate to your experience as well. Oh, so. perfect. Thank you. So, so far, what kind of impact your organization has had for Native Hawaiians? Like, who are the people you have helped in which ways? 
Yes, great. Excited to to talk about this. We started, we're a fairly new nonprofit. We are 501c3. We started in 2020. And since then, we've awarded 34 scholarships. Mm -hmm. Um, So our scholarships are recurring as long as the student maintains or remains eligible, um, which means we've had or have 17 total recipients. Okay. And so each student is matched with the mentor to help with the transition to college. And they have access to our professional network, but we're growing this professional network with them as well. So as they get into their career, now they have uh, a pool of individuals that have at least, you know, there's a like-mindedness involved. And then they might have other networks that are related to their field. The value we think we bring and who we we help are the students, the recipients we've had is um, not just the money. The scholarship is not going to pay for, you know, a year tuition. It's going to cover books or laptops, school supplies. But we feel the value is really in the mentorship and the professional networking. Okay. It's it's certainly networking is certainly what how I've been able to get all my great opportunities through referrals or and networking. And so I think, and, and I think that's where, where our value is in, in our mission. Sounds wonderful. So that means you start with kids who are trying to finish high school and then you work with them in the scholarship and college opportunities with them. Am I getting that right? Yes, that is correct. So we, we meet them at college age. We've right. in 2023, we had three of our recipients graduate college Mm-hmm. One joined us as a freshman, and, and then the other two joined us in their senior year. What we are trying to do and what and our longer term goal is that we're working with individuals that have already decided they're going to college. They've been accepted. So they're kind of between I'm applying and I'm either being accepted or I'm going to hear I'm accepted, depending on um, where they're at in the process. But our goal is to expand that and start talking and getting in front of um, middle school and elementary students. I think that's that's the long-term goal of what we're trying to do. But right now, the, those are the students that we're, we're interacting with. That sounds good. You know, recently their fires in Maui has been really devastating. I know you help with college education for NHBI, but is there anything that your organization is doing to help Native Hawaiians who are affected by it? Yeah, so I I definitely first off I just want to give my condolences to the many lives that have been lost and they're still being discovered. I, it's right. just it's a heartbreaking tragedy. It's I'm at a loss of for words for this. In terms of how we're trying to help, Whole Mouth Foundation is promoting organizations that are boots on the ground that we feel comfortable with as or with promoting, I guess, if you will, Mm -hmm. for monetary donations or supplies for now, but also this rebuilding that has to happen. And this is going to be years and years in the making. So we'll definitely think of other longer term strategies of how we can help. But that's one of the things we're doing right now is just promoting a few of the sites. I know my cousin on Oahu, she was working with an organization and they were collecting supplies they got a trucking company to help 
drive the supplies. They got a jet company to, to fly over the supplies. And so a lot of our family and friends helped and pitched in last Saturday. So personally, I'm doing that. Professionally, I'm, I'm supporting where we can. We are hosting our very first in-person gala next month. Mm-hmm. And we are um, accepting donations. If people want to donate online, we're collecting it for uh, Maui Strong. We'll be sending everything to them from that comes in online as well as at the gala after after the event. Sounds wonderful. So let's switch a little bit of gear. So all these kind of experience, all what I'm trying to get it is, the wonderful work that you are doing for that, what kind of education experience preferred you, uh, prepared you for it? Would If you have to say as the one thing that was critical for your success. I, I would have to say my, my upbringing. Right. I think just that foundation with my parents, with the values, integrity, growing up in a flower shop, you have mm-hmm. to learn. It's a humbling experience because... Uh, you have to learn how to think of the customer first. And when I say that, it doesn't mean whatever they want, they get. But you're really trying to figure out what's the end goal mm-hmm. and how to how to make it all work, how to make your customers happy, how to manage supplies, logistics. Because if you're not doing a good job, you're not going to get that repeat business. And so to me, really having that as a foundation and seeing my dad really, you know, be this charismatic guy and people just loved him. All of his customers loved him. Seeing that happen, I think that just, that are my upbringing, my family, everything I do, those elements are in it. Me going to college, you know, even though I was like in and out and it took me six years, being in the workforce to, to where I'm at today, I think, I think all of those things just really help because when I got into the workforce, I was a contractor. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of the same thing. If you're not doing a good job, you're not going to be asked to stay or you're not going to get extended or you're not going to get referrals. And so right. I, if it was one thing, I was, I'll say it's my upbringing. That sounds really great. Let's switch gears a little bit further. So I know you help people through your foundation to get their degree and then, you know, climb the climb their career, right? But in terms of financial success, what does that mean personally and what it means for your organization and for the people that you help? Like, I mean, it's financial success is defined by different things, by different people. Yeah. So, right. I mean, it could be very abstract. So it's just a fun thing that I ask people. So, <laughs> I think. I think if we're going to look at them in three different buckets, I think probably my answer is is kind of the same. How I approach it or go about it might be a little different, but I think for me, you know, financial success looks different to everybody, as you mentioned. But for me, I think if you're able to organize yourself in a way where you're able to, my uncle would always say, pay yourself first. So you save, you pay yourself first, that's for a house or whatever it is you need, but make sure you're not living paycheck to paycheck put money away for entertainment or trips, whatever you like. And then what's, and then you have the rest to live off of. So if you're able to be realistic about those living, you know, living within your means and being financially independent while having fun. So you're not working just to live. 
but you're really enjoying what you do. You're enjoying the people around you. You're happy. I think to me, that's what financial success looks like for me. Mm-hmm. I think for the organization where I'd like to get to is in the next five. Well, yeah, in the next five years, we're fundraising money for two years out. Okay. So that's kind of how I, how I'm trying to, how I'm trying to look at the nonprofit and how we're fundraising and where we're getting our, our donations from. So there's a lot of work that we need to do to make that happen, mm-hmm. but that's, that's one of my goals for what I think financial success will look like for whole mouth foundation. Sounds good. So what is the most kindest and the impactful thing you have seen so far? other than your own work with the organization? Yeah, I think just with what's going on with Maui, uh, just the outpouring, the immediate outpouring of supply donations, monetary donations, the beautiful comments and tributes people are making for Maui and Maui victims. There's so many good people out there in this world that I think that is, it's, it's such a kind offering. It's, it's very impactful. I'm seeing people ask for very specific items and people around the world are shipping, you know, these analog radios, propane, solar powers. They're saying, Hey, stop sending clothes. We're covered in, we've got all the clothes we need. We don't need anything else. And that's great. It's because it was covered, you know, people were sending clothes and, and stuff. So it's just, it's very, it's heartwarming. It's heartbreaking. It's a very tragic event, but it's a very beautiful sight to see this experience of Hawaiians taking care of Hawaiians. It's how it's been for, for many, many years, hundreds of years. We're hearing, you know, there's a lot of debate right now on whether the government is doing enough or stepping in and, and, and helping. But what's happening is the locals are the ones that are really boots on the ground, helping people. They're using their own boats to get supplies to different areas of the island. They're creating human chains to get supplies off the boat to land. Um, so although it's very, it's painful to see this devastation, there's, there's thousand or there's a thousand people still missing. There, we're not even close to identifying the remains. And this is going to take years. The rebuild is just going to take years. But I think people around the world are able to to see and feel, regardless of your location, the Aloha spirit. Everyone is really just coming together, and I think it's it's a very it's very sweet. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, I I, I get I get it. Yeah, it's a tragic thing, but you know, I do see great examples of you know human goodness shine in yeah in many situations so that's really heartwarming to see so yeah i'm really happy that you decided to come on as a guest and thank you so much for being here it's one of the really nice podcasts i have recorded so i'm <laughs> I, i'm really hopeful my all my audience would enjoy it as much as i did so thank you so much you know i appreciate it thank you thank all you right. for your time sure Thank you so much, Janelle. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to continue the conversation, you can contact me through our website, apinvestmentmanagement.com. And you can find replays of this podcast in Google Podcast or Spotify. Thank you so much.